Southeast Mortgage, the official home loan lender of the Georgia Bulldogs. Presents today's sports report. On today's program, we'll talk about University of Georgia football and more. And now, from the studios of UGA Football News, on Facebook and Instagram, here's the host of today's sports report, Chris Hall. All right, welcome to uh, today's sports report brought to you by UGA Football News on Facebook and Instagram. And, of course, we do want to remind you one more time, our program is brought to you by Southeast Mortgage, the official home loan lender of the Georgia Bulldogs. When it comes time to uh, finance or refinance your home, if you're getting into 2022 and you're looking for a new abode, you can uh, contact these folks. They're great to work with. They do a great job. And they'll help you all they can to make it a smooth and easy transition into your new home at southeastmortgage.com slash UGA. And we're very happy to have with us Bryce Kuhn online with us today. Now, Bryce, he's got so many hats and he wears so many hats and doing what he does. It's amazing. He's a sports uh, broadcaster, play-by-play guy, a writer. Uh, he's on ESPN Plus, uh, the ACC online network. He's the Georgia Tech writer for two set, uh, 247sports.com. He's the host of the Crowded Booth podcast. Check it out. It's great. He does a great job with that. He does play-by-play for ACC softball and volleyball on Watch ESPN, uh, the ESPN app. He's an analyst for uh, Mercer Sports. Bryce, uh, welcome, and, and we're glad you found time to fit us in to oh. talk to us a little bit. Uh, welcome to our program. Oh, I appreciate it, Chris, as always. No, it's uh, it was a fun time. We did this last time, so uh, I'm, I'm excited to get back with you guys and talk about this. I enjoy watching. But, yeah, you read off that list, and I think I said this last time. I, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot of yeah. stuff. But I, but it's it's always fun to come on and talk a, bit, a little bit about the Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah and, and we're going to do that. Of course, we're just a couple of days away uh, from uh, the University of Georgia taking on Michigan in the Orange Bowl, the semifinal of the college football playoffs. Before we dive into there, just, just one thing that's really kind of splashing across uh, the television today, that's the passing away of John Madden. Hmm. And, you know, I, I, I'm kind of an old school, uh, you know, sports kind of guy. I remember John Madden as a coach mm-hmm. on the sideline for the Oakland Raiders. And uh, he looked like, you know, he just crawled out of bed. Uh, his appearance, you know, his clothes were all ruffled. And, uh, but he was a great coach. But he, he, he really was a great guy in, in uh, the tele, uh, television booth uh, with Pat Summerall. And then he, uh, I think he worked with Al Michaels. Uh, John Madden. Uh, and, of course, you know, most of the kids today know him from the EA Sports, uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> the, the game, uh, the John Madden uh, Sports uh, game. But... Uh, you know, just John Madden passing away. Uh, I know a lot of people are saying, okay, who is John Madden? And they're kind of looking that up. But what about you? Uh, what, anything you have to say about John Madden and his passing? Well, two things. You mentioned right there, I think there's three different generations that seen him in different realms. You know, my generation was more of the Madden football game. We saw the tail end of his broadcasting career. Then there's kind of my dad's, and then there's the coaching aspect of what you talked about. And I don't even think I realized how good of a coach he was. Like, I mean, they were unreal. I think it was 130-something wins, like 32 losses. I mean, a great winning percentage. Uh, I think it was one of the highest in NFL history. But, yeah, and, and the thing about just going off from the broadcasting perspective, you know, a lot of times they teach you, they say, you know, you, then the game's not about you. And ratings usually plummet when it's when the broadcaster makes it about himself. 
I think John Madden's the only one that they're not plummet because everyone enjoyed his personality and the, you know, the rapport that he had with uh, Summerall. That was one. I mean, that's one of the best booths ever. Uh, yeah. When you see what they were able to do and bring, and kind of the golden age, I feel like of the NFL on TV and to have those two. I mean, that's that's something that the current Sunday Night crew is uh, trying to live up to. And I think what they have is very, very good. Yeah. But uh, Summerall and Madden, that's that was special. Yeah, and you know. It, John was just John. Uh, he, yeah. he didn't try to, you know, uh, uh, didn't try to cover up, the, you know, uh, something with some kind of polish or anything like that. He was just John, and he told, you know, he talked. Exactly. He that, I wish I was Frank Caliendo, who I understand. You know, Frank Caliendo does a great impression of John Madden. And I understand in future John Madden games that will be produced, Frank Caliendo is, uh, you know, he, he's a great impressionist. He's wow. going to be the voice of John Madden. And, wow. uh, you know, and EA Sports, I saw where EA Sports put out. Yeah, Frank is going to do John Madden's voice, but he's going to do it for half the price. <laughs> there we go. There we well, go. there you go. So it's a win-win. Well, we just want to do uh, mention uh, that, that passing. Well, let's talk about uh, the Orange Bowl. Coming up on Friday, of course, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. By the way, Fowler and Herb Street are going to be in the booth, speaking of broadcasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that. So you got kind of, I guess, um, ESPN's 18 for this game uh, coming in. So here we go. Uh, you know, a lot of, you know, there's there's an avalanche of information coming at us about Michigan and Georgia. A lot of it has to do with COVID and are the players healthy? And, you know, you got the, you got the coaches and you got the teams kind of, you know, they're not really getting giving all the uh, information that you might want to have as to who's been affected now for Georgia. We know JT Daniels and George Pickens, they were affected. And now apparently they're back with the team. But uh, here we go, uh, Michigan and Georgia. And I, I've been thinking about this game and reading, you know, trying to you know just kind of get my head around this game. And for some reason, in the back of my mind, I got a little uneasy feeling. It may be the the it may be the uh, aftermath of that Alabama debacle and the SEC yeah. championship game. But here we go, Michigan and Georgia. I don't know. I feel a little uneasy about uh, this game. Uh, Georgia's favored by seven seven points. I, how are you feeling at this moment about the Orange Bowl? Yeah, I think with this game, it's interesting to see because to me, Michigan has a lot of ties to the 2017 Georgia team. Uh, very physical defense. They have uh, obviously kind of a running back tandem. If you go back to 2017, obviously it was kind of, you know, Sony and, and Nick Chubb with that group and with DeAndre Swift sprinkled in. But the quarterback position was much of the same. Fromm was a freshman. McNamara is not a guy that lights it up, but he can get the job done. And he showed in the Ohio State game that he can win a big game. Fromm did that, you know, kind of at Notre Dame, showed that he could make the plays to win a game. So, yeah, I mean, there's a reason to be uneasy. I think that the excitement from the Michigan fan base, what you're seeing, is kind of what was the excitement behind that 2017 Georgia fan base was, hey, we're kind of entering the national stage kind of prominently. I mean, I know that was Kirby's second year. This is kind of Harbaugh getting over the hump, and wow, what a way for them to get over hump. You know, all the talk, he was in the hot seat. Well, he has yeah. solidified his job for the next couple of years, at least with heading to the college ball playoff. But, yeah, I mean, I, I get the uneasiness. This is a physical team. Uh, it's a uh, it's if this is not going to be a and I'll say this and I could be wrong. This this is not going to be a 40. This is not going to be the Rose Bowl a couple years ago, right. George, right. Oklahoma. This is going to be a knockdown drag out. I think just 
kind of whoever has the ball last or who makes a key play or what defense gets that big, you know, negative play or, or turnover. Because there is, I mean, there's a lot of things that when you look at Michigan, like you said, I mean, whether it's Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end that finished second in the Heisman ranking, this is something that, in my opinion, it's very close. I mean, and I think like what you said, the aftertaste that Georgia fans are feeling right now at the Alabama game, a lot of fans after that, I know you all saw it. I've seen a couple of the comments on the on Instagram underneath it. A lot of the fans were not feeling it. They were they were nervous, and for good reason. Michigan's talented, but I think Georgia still has some things. I mean, it's, it's been almost a month. You know, yeah. and, and so, you know, calm down. A lot of guys got healthy. And I saw that Sawyer's going to be healthy. I saw Pickens will kind of, you know, he's three weeks healthier than he was when they played in Atlanta. So there's still some positivity. It's just one game. Every other team, Chris, they kind of got that mulligan. Georgia's right. just happened kind of at a tough time in the season. It's recency bias that we see all this all the time in college football. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... And of course, Michigan now, you know, I was talking with Aaron Murray. We had him on our program. He says that Michigan is kind of like the poor man's University of Georgia team, that they mirror yeah. each other greatly. But he, you know, and I kind of agree with it. You know, the offensively, Michigan, you know, they're they're an efficient offensive team. You, mm-hmm. you got McNamara. He, he, like you say, he's a good, efficient quarterback he's he's yeah. not a flary quarterback he's certainly not a bryce young or anything like that but he gets the job done but you got haskins and corum in the backfield yeah and there's a little question about uh, corum's health and whether he's healthy or not uh and you got a pretty strong offensive line you know it's going to come down i think to the de- defense is george's mm-hmm. defense have they been pricked enough their pride pricked enough they're going to rise up and really have one of those, I hope, <laughs> I hope, one of those dominating performances. If that happens, uh, Georgia might, you know, be in a pretty good position uh, to um, to go ahead and win this game. But it, it, it's kind of a mirror of, of mm-hmm. these two teams. Uh, Cade McNamara, he, he's, an, like I say, an efficient quarterback. I was reading, I think, his, his average yard per completion average was around eight yards. So he's not a down-the-field kind of guy. It's a very controlled offense, don't you think, that Michigan has? They want to control the ball. Yeah, and I think that was one of the problems that Georgia had with Alabama. I mean, they like to go vertical, and they have the weapons on the outside to do that. Now, that's not saying that Michigan doesn't. I think Michigan has a good receiving room as well, but my thing with it is if Michigan goes out there and starts to spread the ball around, that would be something that nobody was expecting it, it's not been in the game plan all season long and that's not to say they're going to work off the play action and do some things like that but like you said it's a controlled thing they're not going to ask you know i think if mcnamara if, if we see the in the stat line he's got 50 pass attempts then that something went wrong for michigan in the game plan uh big time because that's just not who they are and like you said these two teams mirror each other i think one of the calming things right after the you know playoff was released and it was we knew that it was gonna be michigan and georgia was a lot of Georgia fans took solace in the fact of, well, you know, what Michigan does well is what we've done well all season. You know, they're physical. They like to run the ball. And, you know, Haskins is a dynamic running back. Very, very talented. And we'll see what the with the health of the other young man. But between these two teams, it's going to be strength versus strength. And that's what you want to see in a game like yeah. this. Obviously, this is the later game in the playoff. It's going to be a primetime slot. I think that we're going to be able to see – you know, there's gonna be a lot of question marks right after the Alabama game was was these teams that Georgia dominated, were they really that good? Well, now, like you said, you kind of been pricked and prodded. Can you now say, okay, listen, we're gonna go up against a team that's just as much as physical as we are. 
Uh, I like to say that Michigan's offensive line has a bunch of big nasties along the front because those guys love to play in the trenches. And so they're going to try to bully Jordan Davis. They're not going to be scared of that task. A lot of people have been. And so it's going to be a test for this defense to kind of regain that composure and not look ahead to Alabama because this is just such a different matchup. Um, And Alabama's still got to play their game against Cincinnati as well. But I think that's been something for me is, like you said, these two teams, they match up kind of evenly, and it's strength on strength, which I like to see. I mean, we're going to put our best against your best and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, and, you know, Michigan lost to Michigan State. Mm -hmm. And Michigan State, a very physical team, very physical Mm -hmm. team on defense. And and that was a game that they lost. And Michigan State, you know, Mel Tucker, he kind of he mirrors what Georgia does. So, you know, you can see a lot of Michigan State and Georgia's defense and uh, and hopefully you know, the, the defense. I, I think I think that if you if both teams play their normal game, you know, not, yeah. one not having an extraordinary game, if both teams play their normal game offensively and defense uh, defensively, I think Georgia has the edge and mm-hmm. Georgia will win the game. But if you get, you know, you get something crazy going on with the offense of uh, Michigan, and Georgia's defense having another, you know, lapse. Uh, I don't anticipate it, but yeah. another lapse. Uh, then he's it, really going to get interesting. Now the Michigan defense ranked second in the nation in fewest points uh, game, uh, per game allowed. Uh, they're in the top ten uh, fewest yards allowed per game. So their defense, Michigan's defense, is pretty good. Of course, you know, uh, Georgia's even better. Yeah. So here you here you go. Now on the Georgia side, you know, <laughs> I just. It's it's amazing. I, I've been looking at all of the feeds, the social feeds, and all of the comments, and this, that, and the other. And when Todd Montkin says, "Look, we're going to stick with uh, Stetson Bennett. He gives us the best opportunity to win this game. He gives us, we think, the best opportunity to win the national uh, championship." Boy, you know, there are some people that are just, you know, their head mm-hmm. is going crazy because uh, there's such a desire of, for many people, not everybody, but for many people. To see Stetson Bennett, uh, you know, on the bench and JT Daniels playing, but JT coming off the COVID list. Yeah. Why are we still having this discussion uh, at this point in the season as to who's going to be the quarterback? It's kind of weird. You're at this point and you still have, I, I, I guess, for some, a quarterback controversy. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And listen, you know, I, I posted a clip on our social media that you all kind of put, and I think it's something that's interesting. It'll be interesting to kind of see what happens because I think it's safe to say that Kirby and Todd Munkin, they're putting their chips in on Stetson Bennett. Like, there's no doubt about it that this season is going to ride on his shoulders. Now, it'll be interesting to see, but, you know, a lot of people believe that the grass is always greener. And the most popular player on a roster, in my opinion, is the backup quarterback to yeah. the fan base because it's one of those things where you better be careful what you wish for. And that's not to say, listen, JT Daniels is an extremely talented young kid. He's been hit by a slew of unfortunate injuries that just, it's not even like they've been, it's just, they've just been terrible timing. And so I don't think it's what JT hasn't done, but it's what Stetson has done. Um, You know, I think Stetson's effective when he runs the football, that's the edge that gives Georgia, that gives them the confidence they're going to go with him. And like, if you talk to the players, that's what they've said as well. You know, if you go back and watch press conferences, listen, we believe in Stetson. And I find it hilarious that, no one's really asked Stetson, but he doesn't really pay attention because the man's got a flip phone. I don't know if you've seen this. Like, he has yeah, a flip phone that he, he doesn't even get on social, social media. media. He doesn't yeah. worry about it. So <laughs> it's one of those things that I think that Kirby sees a lot personally. I think this Kirby sees a lot of himself in Stetson, this under, 
this under uh, recruited, this kid that just works his tail off and it resonates with that. Well, all season long, Georgia's defense, we've known, has led them and Stetson has made plays. Now I'll say this, the jump from 2020 to 2021 is evident between Stetson's play. His arm strength's better, so his decision-making is, listen, Alabama's just that good. They're just that good. That's the, I think the problem is that we're comparing and we're in a time period where we're comparing this quarterback situation of you're just playing one of the best dynasties we've ever seen in sports. And that's that's and you know there's so many Chris there's so many dynasties or, or teams or run, years of runs of teams where they can't ever win the championship just because there's another team that is just unbelievable just a little bit better during that time period. And I think Georgia's not saying they're not going to win it, but I think they're finding themselves in a situation where this run of 2017 to current as of present day they've had some really dang good football teams. They're just running into one buzzsaw. Yeah. Um, and so, like you said, I think when you go along with that, with what Stetson brings to the table, I know a lot of fans, and you talk about the social media feeds, there's nervousness around, let's say that they play their normal game, and let's say Georgia wins it by 10, maybe 14 points. Yeah. Well, then some there's going to be some fans that are saying, yeah, we won, but that means Stetson's going to start in the national championship game against Alabama. And, it's, it, it, and I'm telling you, there's 126 other programs they would would like to have that. They'd like to have that situation, another shot, a, ch- a shot at a national title. So in my opinion, I, I think that, you know, Stetson does give them a chance to win, but I think Kirby, we're going to see this. If they struggle in this game, and if Stetson just it does not have it, I think you have to be willing to go to JT Daniels. I mean, he's more than capable. It's not like you're going to a guy that doesn't know the offense. I mean, he could probably step in and win you the game anyways. Uh, it's a luxury to have, especially in today's transfer portal world. I don't think that you truly see have a real backup that knows the offense and i think that they have that luxury but yeah listen sometimes chris and you know this uh, and i know your son matt does as well who manages social media sometimes fans are just upset and they just get mad and that's just how they're going to be about it but you know i think it's a luxury to have and i think stetson if he is running the ball which he really didn't do against alabama whether it was by choice or not by design I think if he's doing that, that gives Georgia the best chance on the field to win football games. Yeah. Yeah. And and Michigan is not really built offensively to be a shootout kind of team. Exactly. They're a control team. It's just going to be interesting. It's just kind of weird that we're where we are with the quarterback situation, uh, you know, at this point mm-hmm. in the season. Now, if Stetson Bennett goes on and Georgia beats Michigan and then and we anticipate, of course, Alabama's got to play Cincinnati, but we anticipate Georgia and Cincinnati playing in the national championship and Georgia wins the national championship, then it's time for a Disney movie, you know, about Stetson Bennett. For the state of Georgia. Remember the Braves won the World Series, Chris. You know, there you go. Pull it it all into an ESPN 30 for 30. Yeah, Yeah. you know, I I, I think you would be uh, a good Stetson Bennett in a movie. I I think you could pull it off. I appreciate it. I need to grow the hair out a little bit. Yeah, I know. But uh, no, listen, yeah. Yeah, he's a great kid. He's a great kid, and he's done a great job. It was not his fault that Georgia lost to Alabama. No. I mean, you know, the two interceptions were, you know, not good, but he threw for 300 and something yards. Unfortunately, Bryce Young threw for that in one quarter almost. So, yeah. you know, it was it was, it was just a, a tough thing. So, you know, I, I've seen, I've seen, you know, people love to predict the, the scores. I've seen everything from 20 to 17. So like, you know, 35 to 12 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I I anticipate, you know, I've been thinking about that. I anticipate Georgia winning 
24-14. Now, mm. I'm never right. I'm That's never okay. right. Yeah. But you just like hope it. you're right in Georgia being on top. That's all there you, you care go. About. Yeah. You know, it's like horseshoes. If I'm close, exactly. I'm celebrating. Exactly. So what do you think? It did 24-14? What do you think? I, I like that. My initial uh, for our own on the crowded booth is, is what we're actually recording later today is uh, I've got it written down. I've got 24-20. I just think it's going to be close. Uh, it, it, much like yours, I think that this is going to be a grinded out game. Um, I could see Georgia... I, you know, I think if fans really want to see it, maybe they're down twenty to seventeen, Chris, and Stetson leads them on a drive to go get oh, a yeah. touchdown, and that would that would do a ton of confidence heading into a national championship game. But I think this is going to, like I said, a tough, grinded out game. And I wanted to add one more thing because we were talking about this, and I know fans are tired of talking about the Alabama game, and I'm going to talk about this today on our own program. But at some point, you know, in that heading up to the game, I thought to myself, you know, in years past, it was going to take Georgia to play a perfect game to knock off Alabama. And a lot of the conversation was Alabama was going to have to play a perfect game. You know, I don't think there should be as much fear of Alabama going into if they play that round two because we gave, we knocked Georgia off. But what if Alabama just had that one game where they just put it all together? And that's what was going to have to happen to win. And they did that. Can they do it again? If there's any team that could do it again, it's definitely Nick Saban led uh, team. That's no doubt about it. But yeah, going back to this game, I think Georgia is going to win in kind of a low-scoring slugfest that, listen, we both know that Harbaugh and Kirby Smart, they live for these type of old-school, you know, slob-knocker games right here. I'm ready. Man, I'm so ready. (laughs) I am so ready for this game. It's been way too Um, long. Way too long. Yeah. Now, you know, kind of a a, a caveat in this game is you have Dan Lanning, Mm -hmm. who is now the head coach at at Oregon, but he's not there yet. He's still the defensive coordinator for the University of Georgia. I just, you know... That's got to be an interesting situation that Dan is. And, and I, you know, I know Dan Lanning from afar. He's a, he's a great guy. He's a good coach. He's giving his all to the University yeah. of Georgia. But from two o'clock to four o'clock in the morning, he's doing Oregon stuff. I don't think Dan's sleeping. I think he's no, you I don't know, think the, so either. the Red Bull or whatever he's got. The man yeah. is because but that's that's got to be a. Now, his players are all in. They, you know, the, mm-hmm. the Dan Lanning and the defensive players are all in. They love Dan. They, they're they glad he's getting his opportunity to go to Oregon. But they're all in and supporting him as as the defensive coordinator. But that's got to be weird, right? It's got to be tough uh, for yeah, Dan it, to have that position and still be with Jordan. Yeah, it's kind of where I kind of, if I was the uh, if I was the commissioner of college football, I would change some things around. Maybe coaching changes don't happen until after, you know, the final whistle of the regular of the full season and maybe we move back early signing day in this transfer portal because it just creates uncomfortable and weird situations and you mentioned 2 2 a.m to 4 a.m and we didn't even throw in the fact that there's a big time jump between athens georgia and eugene oregon so he's having to do a lot of uh, double duty but like you said there's i don't think there's a more deserving guy and i don't think you're going to find anyone that's uh that's has worked really hard for this. He didn't come from the coaching background. I know that's that story's been kind of documented where he drove like overnight or two nights yeah. to go to Pitt to interview for a job. I mean, it's crazy, but I think Georgia's in good hands. I mean, Lanning obviously showed commitment. Like you said, the support of the players is there. And then you have an interesting combination of you have Will Muschamp, and a lot of fans have like, well, he was terrible as a head coach. Yeah, but look what he did as a defensive coordinator. He was really good. Really yeah. good what he did with the defensive right. coordinator. That's a big that's a big difference having to manage a whole program and just kind of a one side of the football. Uh, and then you got Glenn Schumann, who I think is going to be kind of the next rising yeah. star. He's going to be the next Dan Lanning, really, in my opinion. Lanning went up from a linebacker's coach to this, and now Schumann, who if you hear 
if you want to know how much this team loves Glenn Schumann, you need to go watch uh, where Nicobe Dean talked about that. Because yeah. for Nicobe Dean to come to Athens and and do what he's done, it's really been prodded up to him. But it's a weird situation. And Chris, what makes it weirder is that you're game planning for this while yeah. knowing in September you're going to play Georgia with Bo Nix <laughs> at quarterback. Yeah, with Bo Nix at quarterback. So it's uh, it's a it's an interesting situation for Dan Lanning. But you know, I think that he's completely bought in of what's happening in Athens and and wants to go out on a high note and listen if not for reasons for the guys in the locker room that are being red and black why not for the green and gold because if my future head coach and let's go back to when georgia hired kirby smart if my future head coach was you know playing for a national title and was able to bring back some hardware or you know bring back a big bowl game win that speaks a lot for the volume of recruiting for oregon and kind of the development and also could help them kind of uh you know do what they need to do yeah, a lot of a lot of different caveats a lot of moving going parts. on uh, with, uh, with with this ball game. And before we go, uh, move on to uh, Alabama and Cincinnati. I, I was going to mention one more thing about our, our uh, the quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know, I think a lot of it may be a little um, f- the shadow from the the from and feels situation. Yeah. There was so much controversy about that. And so you got you know you got uh, JT and uh, you got our quarterback here and and you who's the better one and who's going to do the better job and and uh, things like that. So I, I think, you know, between Stetson and JT, there may be, I think there's a lot of pressure on Kirby because people are going to say, and apparently we're, uh, Georgia's in the, maybe according to one source in the in line for Arch Manning, you know, yeah. a, a pretty good favorite for Arch Manning. People are going to say, well, you know, Kirby can do a lot of things, but he can't handle a quarterback, uh, you know, a quarterback situation. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I think I hope for Kirby's uh, 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 you know sake that Georgia wins this thing and Stetson's there and, and he's featured and let's go you know I'm with you and for the fans that are going to be in the comments saying well I think they need to fire Kirby well who are you going to get better because yes, uh, right. I mean it's it's one of those things that it's just interesting and like you said the comment about you know not being able to manage quarterbacks listen that we can that conversation needs to be put put to rest. I still think they made the I, and Chris, I don't know about you. I still feel like they made the right decision, but hindsight's always twenty twenty, and there's always going to be someone that makes the comment, you know, three years later. Well, yeah, now looking back, they probably should have done the opposite, but we didn't know that at the time, right. and obviously it wasn't proven on the field at that current time. Yeah, so uh, very interesting. So go Georgia, and we both picked Georgia to win. Now the Cotton Bowl that's going to be Friday afternoon, three thirty on the ESPN. Alabama, number one in the country, thinking on Cincinnati, number four, the first uh, group of five participant in the playoffs since the playoff era began 2014. Cincinnati, a very efficient team, very good team. Luke Fickle uh, doing a tremendous job as uh, the coach. You know, I, I saw his, I think his, the Cincinnati's recruiting uh, class was ranked like 32nd in the country, this, this pastor and something mm-hmm. like that. But that's what Fickle does. He get, he gets these guys, and then they coach him up. Yeah. And it, dramatically, in a lot of ways, from freshman to senior, and they generally stick around until they're seniors. From freshman to senior, the, the transformation in these players is pretty dramatic. And that's what Cincinnati does. That That's how they, they work. Desmond Ritter, obviously, a great, um, you know, he's a very good quarterback, uh, great quarterback. Uh, Jerome Ford, uh, running back, very efficient. Uh, Alec Pierce, uh, the wide receiver, is there defensively. They got some pretty good corners. 
Uh, but, you know, here we go. And they did. And Cincinnati did beat Notre Dame for whatever mm-hmm. you can say now about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cincinnati did beat Notre Dame. But here comes Alabama. Alabama, Cincinnati. You know, this is going to be an interesting game. If it can stay close for the first half, stay close for the first mm-hmm. half, or maybe the first three quarters, it could be interesting, don't you think? Yeah. I like that. I mean, I was talking about this game with uh, one of my co-hosts today, actually, and I think he brought up a really good point about it is, you know, Cincinnati, there's been a lot of, there's a lot of juice going into this game for that program. I mean, I would arguably say this is probably one of the best, if not the best group of five program we've seen in a really long time. I mean, I know some of those Boise State teams were really good with Kellen Moore at the quarterback position, but they've got a lot of veteran experience. They've played in some really big games over the past 365 days, you know, even going back to the Peach Bowl against Georgia. And then, you know, they've played games like this, Notre Dame. They played Indiana. And for what it's worth, looking back, those games didn't mean a lot. But at the time, you know, that was a big game for them. Yeah. So it's important to look at perspective with that. But I think, like you said, if this game can stay close, Cincinnati has the first wave to stay with Alabama. Right. The biggest thing for me is that second wave. Yeah. And for Alabama, the, the, for Alabama's purposes, it's the second. And then sometimes the third wave. The, <laughs> and then if you need to go there, it's the fourth. Yeah. And, and more oftentimes that overwhelms programs. Yeah. So Cincinnati has that front line of defense that they can go with. And like, listen, you, you talked about Jerome Ford, Desmond Ritter, a very smart quarterback, going to be, you know, probably a top quarterback taken in the draft in 2022. But in my opinion, I don't, I don't know if they can hang around for a full 60. And it's not, it's not a, like I said, this is not a testament. This shouldn't be a thing where we say, this is why you don't let group five teams in. There's not any team so far this season, except for Texas A&M in a, what's looking like now a fluky game that could st- can stay with Alabama for 60. Right. So it's more of a, it's more of a testament to what Alabama is. I don't see Alabama. I mean, it would, <laughs> I don't know, Chris. What it's, am I wrong in saying it would surprise me to see if Alabama just went up twenty-one to nothing with like thirteen minutes left in the half? I mean, it could happen. It could it very happen. well be. Yeah. But Cincinnati's yeah. talented, so I like what you said there. I think this is going to be a game where if the Bearcats can hold this close and give themselves into the locker room with, you know, a fighting chance, then man, it, it, it you don't know what could happen. But Alabama is more than capable of just really blowing this one out of the water, but they would do it to 120 other teams in the country we've already seen, so. Yeah, and Nick Saban, he's just built for these games. I mean, he, exactly. he, he, and, and that's another thing, Chris, yeah. you talked about, he's built for these games, and somehow, some way, he's going to have them convinced they're an underdog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they're in not fact, the center I saw of the world. Will Anderson made that statement. He said, yeah, exactly. we feel like we've been disrespected all year. We're the underdog. Oh, I'm thinking, gosh, okay. give me a break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rat poison. Exactly. Exactly. Rat poison. But, you know, it's interesting. If if we get the Alabama team that beat Georgia, then there you go, Cincinnati's gone. But if yeah. you get the Alabama team that played LSU, for instance, or Texas or A&M. Auburn the or week before. Auburn. Yeah. Uh, then it could get very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see. I, it, for me, I forget. Uh, Alabama right now is 13.5-point favorite over Cincinnati. That sounds about right. I, you know, I was, I was, I was uh, thinking maybe, you know, thirty-four ten Alabama. Mm-hmm. That may be not realistic. I don't know. What do you? I think? had, I had it uh, a little closer than that. I actually had um, Alabama winning this one thirty-four twenty. 
Uh, I think that I think it's just I think it may and it might you know that that twenty point might might be a garbage time touchdown. I think Cincinnati is going to be able to do some things against Alabama's defense, even with what happened in that Georgia game. You know that SEC championship game. This Alabama team is they're going to ride or die with their offense. It's not a team. I mean, defensively they're unreal, but they haven't played to me a full sixty of defense. Even against Georgia, I mean, Georgia was able to do some things. Felt like Georgia shot themselves in the foot in the foot a lot in that SEC title game um, offensively. But I think since they. I, it's going to be interesting. You know, if they go into halftime, maybe trailing by 10 or it's a seven-point game, if you give life to a team led by Luke Fickle, who, listen, he's coached at Ohio State. He knows what it's like to play in these games. And uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of what happens. It'll be fun. One other thing before we go, uh, you know, how many bowls, how many bowl games are there? Uh, you know, like 900 bowl games. Yeah, Some of them have been canceled yeah. because of COVID. But – for instance, the Bahamas Bowl. That was played in the Bahamas, I understand, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Middle Tennessee uh, beat uh, Toledo 31-24. The Cure Bowl, uh, the Coastal Carolina eked it out over Northern Illinois, 47-41. If you're a college football junkie, this is your time. All you right. Know, my wife is mm-hmm. saying, are you kidding me? Another game? At two o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday, I got it on the TV right here, Chris. Yeah, Maryland versus Virginia Tech, Yankee Stadium. Yeah, uh, but I I did want to kind of touch on uh, maybe I guess uh, some of the higher echelon games. I guess you could call it Uh, Pittsburgh and Michigan State. Hmm. You know that's uh, the Peach Bowl, Um, and and that's coming up when Uh, tomorrow, uh, December tomorrow evening. Yeah, tomorrow evening. Yeah, that that'll be a fun game to watch, don't you think? Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, very yeah. eleven and two on the year. Michigan State, ten and two. Beach Bowl did a good job in getting that matchup. That'll be a lot of fun, don't you think? It'll be a lot of fun. They did a good job with the matchups. The only thing that kind of uh, it puts a damper on is that Kenny Pickett for Pittsburgh and then Kenneth Walker, the star running back for Michigan State, they opted out. So that's yeah. two of the biggest headline I like names. That. I don't like, not a big fan of that. I'm, I'm old mm. school with, with that kind of mentality. But yeah, no, I mean, like, that's going to be a fun matchup. And uh, I'll say this, if you just want to watch college football, Chris, I think tickets are going for like 20 bucks right now to be inside <laughs> beautiful Mercedes-Benz. Yeah, and uh, if you're a Georgia fan and you're like, I need to wash away the memories and just watch a football game, go to Mercedes-Benz, wear go. whatever color you want, and just enjoy a football game. There you go. Uh, let's see. The Las Vegas Bowl. You got Wisconsin and Arizona State. That'll be, okay. That'll be kind of fun. And then you got in the Sun Bowl and CBS Sports. I think that's the only game CBS has, the Sun Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think. And they were like going gaga when uh, you had one of the teams uh, drop out, but they found a replacement. It'll be Washington State and Central Michigan, the Chippewas. Yeah. That'll be, <laughs> that'll be, that'll be interesting, too. I think the um, most interesting thing of that game would be see how the Chippewas handle uh, El Paso, Texas. And yeah. That might be it. Oh, yeah, I'm used to that. They might yeah. like it. Uh, the Outback Bowl, you got Penn State and Arkansas. That'll be an interesting game. That, that'll mm-hmm. be a fun game. You got Big Ten, of course, against the SEC. Uh, the Fiesta Bowl, Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame is favored to win, but I don't think so. I, I'd go with Oklahoma State in that one. What do you think? Yeah, I like Oklahoma State in that one. I don't think the I don't think people have watched a lot of Oklahoma State this year. Yeah. Uh, they're they're a fun team. They're a really good team to watch, and so um, you know we'll we'll just have to see kind of how that shakes out. But yeah, I mean, listen, no one really likes Notre Dame, so I'm I'm going with the Cowboys. I know, I know. Uh, Citrus Bowl, Iowa and Kentucky. 
Uh, Kentucky is favored to win. Uh, Kentucky nine and three. Iowa ten and three. That'll be a fun game to watch too. Mm-hmm. I, there are yeah. a lot of good fun games coming up here. I'm telling you. Yeah, no, it's it, there's a lot of fun games, and it seems like you know most of them. You you, you mentioned a couple there, Chris, that are all in Florida: Citrus Bowl, Cure Bowl, mm-hmm. and those two in Orlando. So not a bad uh, visit if yeah. you're from either Iowa or Kentucky. Where it's probably not nice right now, weather-wise. You head down to Florida, get a little sunshine, and watch your team play. Uh, a couple of other games. Ohio State and Utah in the Rose Bowl. The granddaddy of them all, they say. Ohio State 10-2, Utah 10-3. That'll be a fun matchup. Uh, the Sugar Bowl, you have Baylor and Ole Miss. Now, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, that, might, that, galore. that game might be a final 70-63 to 63 or something. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's that's, that's going to be a basketball score by the time yeah. it, that the clock strikes zero on that. Not a lot of defense in that game. No, I'm, uh, sure. no. And uh, hey, they're then, playing on turf, which makes the guys faster down yeah, there at, uh, yeah. and the Superdome. So that'll be interesting to watch as well. And I think the the final game is the Texas Bowl, LSU and Kansas State. So you know you get your final fix on mm-hmm. Tuesday, January fourth. So uh, there you go. All right, but we're we're aiming for the Orange Bowl. There we go. Uh, Bryce, it's good to have you on our program today. We really appreciate you joining us on today's uh, sports report brought to you by UGA Football News on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, check uh, Bryce out. He does a, a great job with the Crowded Booth. How can we find the Crowded Booth podcast? Yeah, of course. Uh, the podcast is available really anywhere that you want to get your podcast. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple uh, right there on your mobile device or on your computer as well. And then if you want to watch the video version as well, we're on YouTube. You can go subscribe to that YouTube channel. All of it is just The Crowded Booth. And you can find us on social media at The Crowded Booth, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, a lot of fun. We enjoy it. And uh, there is no shortage. I'm starting to learn, especially when it comes to college football, there's really not an off season. There's no such thing. So it's a lot of fun. Hey, we get through with all this, and then we got February 2nd in the uh, official Exactly. Day. And then spring practice time. starts like the second week of February. So we're not go. even, so, there's no break. Here we go. All right, Bryce, <laughs> thank you for being with us on our program. We appreciate it. Go dogs is our final yes, word. Sir. And, appreciate uh, we'll, we'll uh, be with you again here on today's sports report. UGA football news would like to thank Southeast mortgage, the official home loan lender of the Georgia Bulldogs for sponsoring our program today. When the time comes to finance or refinance your home, make the smart choice and get your home loan from Southeast mortgage. Your friends at Southeast mortgage are ready to help you visit southeastmortgage.com slash UGA today for more information. This and previous editions of today's sports report can be found at UGA Football News on Facebook and Instagram, on many leading podcast apps, and at todayssportsreport.com. Be sure to join us for our next program as we keep you up to date with University of Georgia football and more. Until then, be safe and go dogs. Uh-oh.